What's going on, everybody? What is up, folks? We are back again with the Dark Windows podcast. Before we get started into the podcast, let's uh, talk about some studio headphones. Studio.com. Go check them out. They have earbuds and and headphones. They have what we have, which is the Regent, but they'll be the Regent 2. And they also have the Klar, which are over-the-ear uh, headphones. That will be my next set. Um, also, they have a, their variety of earbuds is vast. I mean, I think they have some somewhere around six different varieties. It's like six or eight. Yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah, and I did notice the other day, I was looking at them, just scrolling through. They do have one uh, that are noise-canceling active, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah. Because you don't have too many uh, companies out there that are making uh, active noise canceling earbuds. No, it's no, pretty it's, cool. It can't be an easy thing to do. But find what you want because we know you're gonna find something. Put that in your checkout basket. Go to checkout. Put the promo code of Dark Windows 15 in to get 15 percent off your entire order. Yep, and you usually get a gift with it too. Usually, so, yeah. It's like you throw your headphones in, and you'll say, like, what the hell is there? It says two items in my bag. What the hell is that? It's usually like a free item that they throw into. Yeah, it's right pretty now. pretty cool. Right now, it's a, uh, uh, I can't, it's some like little satchel or something. It's like a bag. Yeah, mm-hmm. something that you, like a little satchel that you can put your earbuds or. I get a pretty something. rad canvas bag when I ordered mine. That's pretty yeah. cool. <clears throat> so, so this, <clears throat> this week. We put up a poll on Facebook a while ago. Yeah. Asking what people wanted. And the top two things were history and paranormal haunting stuff. So we combined them. We got two birds stoned at once. We did. <laughs> and they're stoned as hell. Yeah. Or something close to that. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Quite literally in my case. <laughs> um, so this week, we're going to be discussing haunted tunnels. Which is not as boring as it sounds, I promise. And I didn't realize until doing research on this. That there are so many yeah. haunted tunnels, and I'm not saying in the U.S., oh, but in all the, over the world. world. Now, let me ask you a question. Is yours a uh, road or a railroad? Railroad. Okay, so we're talking haunted railroads. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, cause I, don't, I don't think there's – I didn't see too many haunted roads versus railroads. There, there are some haunted roads. Mostly bridges and sections of road, uh-huh. but I think with railroads, they're more more paranormally active because back in the day, so many people died working on them. Or in them, you know, because of different little accidents or right, whatever. Right, right. So why don't you lead us off? Okay. Well, uh, my haunted tunnel is called the Big Bull Tunnel. It's one of those tunnels that is located in West County, Virginia. And I had to actually look it up to see where it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. That's where it is. It's, you know, it's in Virginia. It's kind of in the mountains, everything else. Okay. In the Appalachians. Mm-hmm. So, in or as they would refer to it, Appalachia. Yeah. There's people that will kill you for mispronouncing that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, multiple sources confirmed that pinning down when the... Uh, tunnel was actually started to be built was real rough mm-hmm. because it's there's no real records of it. Um, also, all I could find about when it was constructed was that it was somewhere around the time 
of 1870s. Okay, so we're in the same time frame, you and I. Yeah, but but one of the other sources said that um, historians believe that it was constructed in the 1880s. So I guess we can come to the conclusion it's between the 1870s and 1880s. Let's when call it, it the late 1800s and split yes. the difference. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those, eh, you could say between 1870s. It, it was definitely built. We know it that was. much. It, so. it is. It is built and was built and is still, no, it's not still being built. Damn. Probably still in use, though. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. The construction of the tunnel should have been straightforward and should have just taken three years to be fully completed. And, you know, when I say only three years, well, that's because it's a very small tunnel. It's only 1,700 feet long. Um, But still, when you're doing all that shit by hand, pretty much. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. But, like most things... Being constructed, you know, during this period, things do not go as planned. Of course not. In the early stages of the construction, rock slides started to happen, and they happened so often that they opened spaces in the earth that allowed water to enter, which then caused flooding, which was made rather, rather, um, a lot easier than it should have been. So it's because. Of where the tunnel is actually positioned. Right. Which is in a ravine that then drops down to um, the Russell Creek, Hmm. which is below it. So it's kind of like accidental fracking. Yeah. And it's kind of coincidental um, as well. But it's also because of the positioning. You're, You're trying to... You know, you're doing what you should be doing, which is use a um, a valley mm-hmm. to, okay, well, there's a valley here. Okay, this would be a great spot to bring a train through because, right. well, going using a valley is just – it's easier than drilling through mm-hmm. a lot of rock. Absolutely. Well, they only had this one section where they had to go through in the valley, so why not use it? Well, using that – and being so close to water, it kind of caused flooding to happen. Now, according to one of the sources that I used, they said that engineers thoroughly examined the ground prior to its construction, and they declared it typical of the region. Natural rock formations cropped up just the same as they did elsewhere. So basically saying that there was no... You know, there's no evidence that this uh, the soil was soft or unstable, mm-hmm. basically making it good. Yeah, so it's not good like, solid ground. It's to not work like with. sandy, shitty soil. Yeah. That, yeah, which would then allow you know for the rock slides mm-hmm. to happen. Big time, and big time. Everything. Uh, the ravine had steep slopes, but the conditions were the same with several other tunnels, so they had taken usual precautions. Uh, persistent rock slides continued as construction went farther into the mountain. Builders could only adapt to the change, changing conditions. When workers cleared the necessary ground to create a workable road, the entire mountain seemed to be nothing more than a debris pile. So it, was, it wasn't like solid rock. It was like freestanding chunks of rock, it sounds like. Well, 
sort of, not really. It was a solid, you know, structure, but it just seemed to have problems, hmm. you know, where out of nowhere there was just rock slides that happened, um, which then, you know, like I said, opened up these fissures, which would cause rain to come in or, you know, water runoff. Right. Which then would flood it. Um, numerous rains throughout the construction only added to the number of slides. The slides often traveled with such force, they crushed every retaining wall, even if they were double reinforced. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of force. That's a, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of weight to it. Yeah, so, I mean, it didn't... I guess the ravine in this uh, respect actually worked against them, you know, because rain and runoff you know and they're trying to cut through like a side hill kind of sounds like so i mean not the easiest thing in the world so i mean didn't help the retaining walls you know weren't helped out by the rain you know shit the rains were so regular that they began to flood the tunnel often to the ceiling on the lower side real wow yeah wow so this is part of that whole you know Building in a ravine, probably not a good idea. No. You know. Especially if it if it's going to rain like I mean, that. Yeah. The the engineers kind of looked at it and said, yeah, fine. Go ahead. Yeah, it'll you be know, fine. Don't worry about it, it. It's not like any other tunnel that we've done before. You know, it's the same. Right. Same rock. Right. You know, it will be fine. Just yeah. go for it. Well, obviously something with this ground was is not right yeah something wasn't kosher here yeah digging through an indian burial ground or something (laughs) you know i kind of thought about that i'm like like you know is this sacred ground or something (sighs) fucking cursed who knows i don't know workmen used pumps to draw the water out but they often failed one of the most memorable slides happened just after the tracks were laid so much of the mountain fell in it took uh, another four months just to clear the debris. Wow. That's a lot of freaking debris if it takes you four months to yeah. clear it. I mean, the mud, the rock, whatever else was in it. Yeah, and you got wood in there, too, from your retaining yeah. walls and stuff yep. like those uh, posts and shit. Prob- I wonder if they used uh, um, the railroad ties. <clears throat> I wonder if they actually used the railroad ties for, uh, for the... The retaining wall. I don't know. You know, I, I wouldn't think so. I think I would think uh, that it was like those round poles, like like uh, the heavy I, I duty think, like fence post almost. I would think that you would use, you know, because they're they're available. You know, why not use something that you have that you're going to actually use? Because then you have to take them out and then lay them. Well, the railroad ties. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're actually going to use them, you have them there on site, and, and you need a. Uh, a wall, why not just use what you have on site? You can always bring in more railroad ties. Because you don't have to go I'm sure and... there was some fucking nerd that was in charge of all the inventory. He's like, well, slide my glasses up. We can't use these for that because they're used for this instead. And we won't have enough. Bureaucrat, you know, like bureaucrats. Yeah. 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 Make, makes sense. Inventory dorks. It, yeah. Uh-huh. So, so much of the mountain fell, it took another four months, like I said, for it the debris to be cleared. 
Three men died from accidental explosions while clearing the tunnel. The hazards multiplied as work continued inside. Workers were always in danger of falling rocks. Sizable rocks routinely, routinely fell on those below, causing serious or fatal injuries. The tunnel construction was completed in 1892, and the troubles did not stop after it was completed. The next step in the evolution in the constant tr problems plaguing the tunnel comes from the trains themselves. Okay. The fl a flagman, who I had to look this up, who is an employee of the railroad who is assigned to protect contractors or anyone performing work on a railroad right-of-way. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So they basically stand out there um, and make sure that nothing's going to happen. They do signaling. Right, yeah. And everything. Hence the name Flagman because they have flags. Uh, a Flagman is also assigned to protect a train that has stopped on a section of track just so that when a tra another train might approach – uh, a location, a flagman is posted, and the train crew will get the permission from the flagman to pass the area. Right, okay. I mention this because in 1896, a flagman by the name of Floyd Francisco, which I thought was a great fucking name. He sounds like a fucking third baseman for the Miami Marlins. Maybe. Or a relief pitcher, one of the two. Could be. <laughs> uh he was a flagman for the uh, Clinch Valley Flagman. Um, they're triple uh, A. <laughs> That's why nobody's ever heard of them. Yeah. Uh, he was injured in a tunnel when his rail car hit a rock and threw him from the train between the tracks uh, in the wall. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like Indiana Jones style with the tank. Except he probably didn't get dragged. He just like bounced off it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's not fun. Uh, he was battered, but nothing was broken. The train was fine from then on. Oh, I'm glad the train was okay in the yeah. accident. It, well, it was just like a freak <laughs> uh, rock just came down out of nowhere and just, you know, hit the train. Aside from some emotional issues afterwards, the train was fine physically. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt him. I didn't see it go. It just came out of nowhere. I'm sorry. Another train in 1897 was caught on a rock, supposedly, which caused two of the train cars to crash into each other, mm. which then knocked out uh, one of the tunnel supports. That's not good. No. Tons of rock then fell, uh, and uh, tons of rock and earth, I should say, fell, Obviously. and the tunnel suffered yet another major cave-in. Which took weeks to clear again. In 1900, a freight train collided with an engine. That's not fun ever. Yeah. The engine had just been repaired in Bluefield, West Virginia. It was on its way back to the station when it met the freight train. Mm. So they, obviously this was before they had math problems for this. You know, if one train leaves here going 375,000 miles an hour and the other one leaves Philadelphia going like 422 miles an hour, at what where point do they hit? What, at what point and what time will they meet? Better in, question. At what point 
and where on a map are you ever actually going to use this math ever? <laughs> Nowhere. Well, solve see. for X. Go fuck yourself. Get letters out of math. <laughs> so for some reason, the fireman on the freight train failed to notice the engine just as the engine failed to notice the approaching train. <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> the engineers W. O. Alley, Keith, and Fireman um, Bonsack were all Whoa. severely injured. Whoa! I'm sorry. What? Bonsack. <laughs> yeah. Bonsack. Not Bonsack. I said Bon. I said Bonsack. Oh, yeah. you said Bonsack. Sorry. No, Bonsack's way funnier. <laughs> Hey, well, Bond sack was his sack was injured. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, uh, no, no little sacks running around anywhere. Well, Bond sack didn't survive. Neither did Allie. So he's they definitely later, got no little sacks running around anywhere. No, damn. Uh, they later died from their injuries. Uh, Robert Lemon was one of the most experienced engineers working the for the railroad, but he was thrown in the tunnel in 1901. His skull was cra- uh, crushed. And let's see, then in 1904, Blair Turner suffered a similar fate when he was knocked off the train and his skull was crushed upon impact. Mm. Mm. The sad part about this was that he had been married for two months. Damn. I'm As someone who has acquired some head injuries over the years... I can tell you that that's probably not enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, no. The train traveled three miles after he had been thrown before they had actually realized he had been gone. Okay. Well, at least it wasn't like dragging him somewhere and they, yeah. you know, get there and it's just like a fucking pair of pants hooked to something. Um, so, so in both the Blair T- uh, Turner and Robert Lemon cases, Rocks were actually that falling were blamed for oh for knocking them off the trains. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, on July seventeenth, nineteen o five, a flagman by the name of John Perry was forced to an abrupt was on a on a train, mm-hmm. and the train was forced to an abrupt stop just past the tunnel due to mechanical issues. Fearing a collision. Perry rushed into the tunnel to set flags at the far end, but only minutes later he emerged shaking and pale. He reported that the conduct to the conductor that in the tunnel he had heard those noises which quote no man could stand. Hmm. Given his obvi- obviously terrified composure, both the conductor and the engineer entered into the tunnel to investigate. What they found were the groans and screams of agony from invisible men. All three men determined that the sounds were coming from the solid stone wall. Which leads me to, like, when when I read this, I kind of was like, huh, so is there a possibility of limestone or something like that, which tends to... According to some theorists, um, absorb energy you know, energy like that. Maybe, maybe. Um, 
My other my other question would be: Was anybody ever killed in those cave-ins? Yeah. Okay. There was. So, like that, I had said, there was plenty of people that were killed from the cave-ins. Right. Uh, there you go. They died on the tracks, basically smashed to death by fucking rocks. Yeah. You clear it. Yep. You know, makes sense to me. But what do I know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the conductor addressed the phantom or phantoms. And their terror received a response, quote, remove that awful weight from my body, Eek. was the reply. Yikes. Some moments of silence passed when another voice stated, they are drinking my blood. Which I was like. The fuck? Yeah. I kind of was like, what do you, wait, fucking vampires or something? Right. But I I was like, oh, I don't, it's weird. So I don't really know, Hmm. you know, if it's maybe if there's demons, train vampires, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the train's drinking their blood. Maybe. Holy shit. The train's a vampire. (laughs) Or is it the tunnel that's the vampire? The world's a vampire. Yeah, you're true. Okay. Okay. (laughs) By smashing pumpkins reference. Yes. (laughs) By August of, of 1905. This story made its way to the Pittsburgh press and they did some investigating into the tunnel and they found that there had been some deaths in, in the tunnel, which surprise, surprise. Yeah. They Shocking. found that in 1901, um, they found, like I said, engineer uh, Robert Lemon had died. They also found that in 1904, a flagman keeping watch on a caboose section. Side note, before I continue on, I know it's just. One of those weird things that just popped in my brain. Have you actually ever been in a caboose? Yeah. Those things are goddamn tight. Yeah. There's one that used to be a, a restaurant over on 103 or an ice yeah. cream shop or whatever the hell yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. They're really, really small. Well, yeah, they're not meant to be anything big. Yeah, but they're not like... What I mean by small, if you're a, probably above five yeah, if, foot something, yeah. five foot five, You're not maybe? comfortable standing there. No. But you're anyway. not supposed to be standing on a train. You're supposed to be sitting on your ass on a train. Yeah. Or laying on the floor on a train. True. Or standing outside on the things on a train. Well, Whatever. in this case, this is where he was on the outsides of things on the train. Yeah, like the little uh, like pulled-in area on the back of it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of like where you stood. That's where he would have been right. on because you had to have somebody in the back. Yep. They found, uh, like I had mentioned earlier, um, with Blair Turner mm-hmm. having suffered uh, the similar fate of being, you know, ripped from the train. Yeah, and he, he, was in, he was in the caboose section. Oh, they kind okay. of they did find that information that he was actually in the caboose and was ripped out from below it. So, okay. You know, that kind of sucks to have that kind of, you know, fate while you're in a tunnel being just, like, hit by something, a rock. Right. It had to be a pretty damn big-sized rock. Not necessarily. If you're going at a good clip and a small rock, I mean, something like the size of a golf ball, like, clobbered in the head, you're going down. True. My dad got knocked out by a bumblebee on the highway, so. Yeah, but would that have the force enough to knock you out of a train, though? Oh, fuck yeah. It. Well, okay. you think about it. You get 
smacked in the head with something, you go, and you kind of like get a little dizzy and you lose your footing and you're gone. Yeah. Okay. I mean, not that these are bullet trains by any stretch of the imagination, but it's still moving. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'd failed to mention, or I didn't feel fail to mention, but I didn't realize until um, doing my research further was that he actually didn't survive the host the trip to the hospital. Mm. Um, Turner didn't, so he, you know, he died. Uh, I did find another death though that um, happened in the tunnel that they didn't find, and that was in June of 1892. E. H. Pierce was a night watchman at the tunnel. Um, he started his uh, shift normally that night and the next morning they found his body. Okay. Someone shot him through the head and cut his throat from ear to ear. Damn. He had, They did not like this dude. He the, the the odd thing was that he had just been paid a few hours before his shift began. Yeah, there you go. So somebody would have had to have known that. Yeah, this is before direct deposit. Yeah. So homeboy's got his whole paycheck on him and they just and shoot so, him in the face and Yeah, like a robbery, you know, his money and his watch were stolen. Mm. He was it was believed to be a robbery, but no suspects were ever questioned or apprehended. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. Um so after that incident, the or after both these all three of these incidents, the Norfolk and Western Railways declared that they would perform their own investigation into the, all the claims. And their findings were um, never made public. Of course not. You, 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 can't be, you can't be held responsible to accurately investigate something that your company is doing and find anything wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it's like... Well, oh, why, well, you wouldn't want to because you would still want people to... And if you did, to... you wouldn't make it public because it'd be like, oh, these guys are all fucking crooks, you know? But you but you wouldn't... I, I could also see why it, another thing is you, know, you wouldn't want to have it made public because you don't want to have your railway systems looked on as to be dangerous. Yep. Um, Or have something else go wrong with them because you still want people to ride your trains. Exactly. So... If you have that tainted image, no one's going to ride your train. No. So, which then means you're going to have to shut it down. Like I said, that's why you can't be, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really investigate yourself. True. So, by this time, most of the locals came to believe haunted. They were not the only ones that felt it was haunted. During the whole construction period, um, when... Well, to be more, more precisely, during the construction of the archways, mm-hmm. you know, for the tunnels. Right, right. Um, the archway builder was named Captain Judd Hall. He actually believed that the tunnel was already haunted. Like it was haunted before they dug it? No, 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 no. When they were putting in. When they're, when or the just when they're was, just doing the archways. Yeah. Okay. He had actually had come to the conclusion that it, from different things that happened, that the tunnel was already haunted. I almost wonder if they did the archways last, and all well, these yeah. folks. Yeah, okay. So all these people have already died in there. So yeah, probably it was. Because well, I, mean, I mean, you have to have the archway to so it holds up any 
earth or rock at the very end of the tunnel. Right. Um, the workers who laid the bricks for the arch heard strange noises and felt uneasy in certain portions of the tunnel. During the 1940s, rumors started about the wreck of the John Robinson circus train inside the bold, Big Bowl Tunnel. Yeah. The legend said, uh, legend says that all the monkeys died from smoke inhalation, and the story ran all the way to the Billboard magazine. And no evidence exists to support this legend at all. What about the werewolves? I don't know. That's what it is. Uh, Fucking circus werewolves. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to- there's a goddamn lion in this tunnel and nobody's ever seen it. That would be awesome. Hmm. Maybe. Or like a big ass snake. Ooh. Anaconda. Yeah. Come here, motherfucker. I don't want none. Uh, still, so today the tunnel is still used and is still suspected of being haunted. Hikers visit the structure, but should be warned that the tunnel is on private property, and trains still pass through it. Yeah, it, it's still a train tunnel, so <laughs> yeah, you know, don't be stupid. So that is the Big Bull Tunnel. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, damn. So why don't we take a break here? Yeah, that sounds good. And we'll come back with yours. Absolutely. The Dark Windows Podcast is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus. The Great Courses Plus is a subscription video on-demand service with thousands of in-depth videos taught by the world's greatest professors. You'll always have something fascinating to learn about. With categories ranging from history to travel, there's something for everyone. The courses I'm personally looking forward to checking out are the 36-part series on the Vikings and the 24-part series The Agency, A History of the CIA. If you go to ageofradio.org forward slash darkwindows, there's an offer to get The Great Courses Plus for 14 days free. Stay ahead in life. Start your access today with 11,000 plus video and audio lectures on a range of topics. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. We are back from potty breaks. (laughs) No, we're not. Uh -uh. I I am, but whatever. Um... So, yeah, I just wanted to preface this by saying, bear with me. I'm still trying to work out whatever the bullshit in my chest and throat has been for the last week. So, if I sound a little weird, I guess sucks. But, <laughs> yeah, Paul. hey, things happen. At least I'm not all sniffly and fucking slimy all over the place. So, that's that's a plus. You know, it, it happens. You shouldn't sound like I did. Yeah, that's why we didn't record that week because you're yeah. just like fucking draining shit out of your head. It's like, Okay, let's not, because you got a waterfall in your face. Well, a waterfall in my throat. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, the stuff was coming down. Uh, but anyway, so. Yeah. What is your tunnel? I am going to be talking about the Hoosick Tunnel, which runs through the Berkshire Mountains of Western Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Ground is broken in 1851 on the North Adams side of the Berkshire Mountains. This project wasn't completed for almost 25 years. Wow. Yeah. It, it was completed in 1875, so it was 24 years. Um, like I said, ground was broken January 8th, 1851 on the North Adams side when the boring machine roared to life and started chewing through the rock face of the mountains. 
The boring machine was a feat of engineering for its time. The drill itself was 24 feet in diameter. And it was supposed to work where the drill would kind of chew up some rock. They'd Uh pull it back on some tracks. You go in with the black powder charges and you blast all the rock out. Yeah. Clear up, push it back, drill some more, blast out. Yeah. So, again, this this was pre-dynamite by a few years. Um, uh, Nobel didn't invent dynamite until the early 1860s. So these guys are all using uh, black powder. Um. Well, nitroglycerin, probably. Not not until later on in the process. When was this? 1851. That it was constructed? It started, yeah. Okay, so, all right, so yeah, 1867 I, was... Uh... I did my looking. Okay. <laughs> Fucking settle down, Snopes. So between the drilling and the, uh, the blasting, the whole tunnel, which is four and three quarter mile long was supposed to be done in 1,556 days. The machine made it 12 feet into the tunnel and seized up. It sat in that place for quite a while, but it wouldn't really be in the way because where it seized up and stopped working was actually like a testing site just off to the side of where the tunnel would initially be built. Um, After the false start with the drill, the engineers on the job decided the best course of action would be to use a star drill kind of looked like a giant Phillips head screwdriver, but if you took and sharpened all the teeth on a, on the tip of the screwdriver on both sides, mm-hmm. so you would push this thing into the rock, and another dude would stand there and swing a 20-pound sledgehammer at it. He'd hit it, you'd rotate it, he'd hit it, you'd rotate it. Imagine if he'd missed. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, a 20-pound sledgehammer getting smacked into your fingers... I don't think there's any formal amount of cursing that would be huh. yelled at for that, you know? I, I, I would almost bet that, I mean, kind of interesting that they didn't use nitro because nitro was actually during the 1840s. Right. Well, they, they, they did start using nitro later on in the process when it was huh. a little bit easier access, I guess. Um, but still, 12 feet, though? Whew. Yeah. I mean, I would have used it a lot sooner. To get further in, but well, they, I mean, I'm not I, an engineer, so. Right, uh-huh. I mean, so the way these, these things, these guys were doing this was, like I said, you'd put that, that star drill on there, yeah. somebody would hit it, and you'd bore, like, a small, like, I don't know, three to four inch hole. Yep. You'd pack that son of a bitch with black powder and run a wick into it, light it, and run off. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no, like, running a line back to a plunger, it's just, you light the wick and run. So... Those are the guys that had the most dangerous job were the blasting crews. Um, Especially during that time, I, I no matter what you did, because, you know, tunnel construction and how I saw, I've actually seen um, the, like, during uh, construction, like, doing mining and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible. I mean, the, a lot of people died. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, hell, even around here with... Uh, with the quarries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, the limestone quarries and stuff. Yeah. Those are death traps. Um, so basically they, they would drill in about two feet like, you know, and then they'd pack it with the black powder. Yep. Light a charge. Take off. Run like a motherfucker. See ya. First one back. Last one back. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. 
So I'm I, sorry. That's bad. I know the engineering part of it might be boring for some people, but shit like this is has always fascinated me. I've always uh-huh. loved seeing how they built stuff back then. Because now you've just got this giant rock eating machine that they're just like against the wall and it it fucking it, melts the goddamn rock yeah it's just like melts it and spits it out somewhere maybe yeah or, or it just fucking evaporates it and it just escapes into the ether somewhere you know yeah see ya i'm gone so we're gonna jump ahead a little bit up to 1865 when the black powder blasting technique would be replaced with a little bit more volatile substance which we were talking about before with nitroglycerin Nitro is crazy unstable and it does not produce smoke when you de- when you light it. So it makes it really hard to tell when it's about to blow up. Listen, ask Charles Ingalls about that. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> he he knows a thing or two about Nitro. That's true. He had to go on that trip with uh put it in a wagon. What's his name? You don't hit bumps. Don't you do not hit bumps. Shit'll and up. you can't let it s- I wonder if that's actually was true if you can't actually let it uh sweat. You actually have to keep it cold. I don't know. I wonder, I don't really know enough about know. it. Do we have any, like, science people that listen? If so, let us know how nitroglycerin works, because we're both stupid. Or if you ever And we actually... literally got all of our knowledge about it from Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> and laugh. Red Dead Redemption, because you did have to do that mission with the nitro cart. It's so true. That is true. Um, so March 20th of 1865 would be the first fatal setback in the tunnel. A three-man blasting team got to the area where they were getting ready to clear out. These, and I use this term very loosely with giant air quotes, explosive experts were <laughs> Ned Brinkman, Bill Nash, and I swear to God, Ringo Kelly. <laughs> I can't make it up. It's an awesome name. He sounds like he's like a part-time bank robber when he's not playing drums. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Ringo. So either that or he's like a Wild West gunfighter and then he's just like, hey, I got this thing. Well, he, he went he went from the west to the east coast. So like you had to switch names. I mean, you, your first name is OK, but your did last he do name... this before or after Val Kilmer shot him in the face? Ooh, I think. Well, see, what happened was <laughs> he, what he actually, happened was <laughs> see, see, he got himself in trouble. On the west side. He faked his own death when he got shot in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Or this was like in, before that happened. See, because he, he got himself in trouble, went back, you know, and then he came back. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm going. I'm just, you know. Your tangents are just, have tangents of their own and they don't make sense. <laughs> you know, listen. So anyway, they planted the charges and sprinted back to the safety bunker to detonate. Ringo Kelly made it back first and touched off the charge. Brinkman and Nash would never make it back to the safety bunker. Were they the last ones back? They didn't make it back. Uh, They would be buried and crushed to death under tons of falling rock. Uh, Kelly obviously felt awful about this whole thing. So that's your first two dead. Right. He felt awful and he would actually just take off and vanish. Nobody would see Ringo Kelly again for almost exactly one year when he reemerged on March 30th, 1866. He was found in the exact place where Brinkman and Nash were smashed to death under the rocks. From the examination of the body, all signs led the physician to announce that he had been strangled to death. 
the look in your face says it all. You're just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So that's death number three. Yeah. The deputy sheriff estimated the time of death to be between midnight and 3 a.m. Was this a coincidence or had Brinkman and Nash had their vengeance from beyond the grave? I don't know. Hmm. Or was it somebody on the crew that was there still? See, I I thought about that myself, but I think if it was somebody that was part of the crew... They would have just jacked him wherever they got a chance to. Well, Not in the exact spot where he accidentally killed two men. What if it was just a coincidence, though? Uh, ha- do you really believe in coincidences that much, though? I I do. Uh, Sometimes, I mean, it's just a co- just a, co- a happenstance that... It seems you know, too coincidental to be a coincidence. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it, they might, there might not be like a... Somebody may have not known exactly. They wouldn't... You might have not know exactly where the spot. It just may have been, oh, well, it, shit, holy crap. It had turned out that this is actually the exact same spot. You know, things do happen by just happenstance. I think there's a better chance that he was killed by ghosts than coincidence. Ooh, I don't. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so one of the lead engineers, a man named Paul Travers, traveled the, uh, traveled through the tunnel And in a letter he wrote to his sister in Connecticut, he said, quote, the men constantly complain of hearing a man's voice cry out in agony and refuse to enter the great shaft after nightfall. Mr. Dunn has reassured them time and time again that the strange sound is nothing more than the wild winds sweeping down off the mountainside. Our work has slowed to the point where Mr. Dunn asked me to help him conduct an investigation into the matter. Then he goes on. This is later in the letter. Last night, Mr. Dunn and I entered the Great Tunnel at exactly 9 p.m. We traveled about two miles into the shaft and stopped to listen. As we stood there in the cold silence, we both heard what truly sounded like a man groaning out in pain. As you know, I've heard the same sound many times during the war. Civil War. Yep. Yet when we turned up the wicks in our lamps, there were no other human beings in the shaft except for Mr. Dunn and myself. I'll admit I haven't been this frightened since Shiloh. Mr. Dunn agreed that it wasn't the wind we heard. Perhaps Nash or Brinkman, I wonder. So. Well, or at this time, could it, it's also uh, Ringo. Yeah, it could have been, but I mean. Ringo also did die a, a, a terrible violent death. death yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now, the worst is yet to come still. And this is the incident that gave this tunnel its famous nickname, the Bloody Pit. October 17th, 1868 would be the worst loss of life in one single incident. Thirteen men were lowered into what is called a vent shaft, which is basically um, a vertical shaft cut in the tunnel Mm -hmm. to vent out all the smoke and fumes and all that stuff from obviously so like when they're when they're blasting and also it helps when the train's coming through yeah because it just vents all the all the exhaust up basically so the trip started in the pump house which was above ground so you've got your your pump house and they've got the um the hoist and everything with like a like basically a giant basket that they're lowering these guys their gear down in they get almost down to the bottom 
and there's a massive gas explosion somewhere on the surface. What this does is it blows the pump house completely apart. Mm. So you've got these guys that are down at the bottom of the shaft. The pump house has just exploded. All this metal gear, like shovels and picks and all this stuff is, is raining down on top of them, along with three very, very large boxes of freshly sharpened drill bits, Ooh. which those things were, oh, what the hell did they say? They were like 25 to 30 pounds a piece. And then the hoist itself comes down on top. So not only, so they, if they happen to survive the debris, falling debris, the hoist is going to kill them for sure, probably. After the rubble had settled, another miner was lowered down in, down into the shaft on a rope. He wasn't down there very long, um, and he starts pulling on the rope. So they pull him back up. When he reached the top, he's choking and coughing from the fumes. And all he says when he reaches the top is no hope. Then he passes out. Some of the sources that I read said that this guy actually had died from the toxic fumes. Some said that he just passed out and he went to the hospital and he was released a few weeks later, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so take that for what you what you want. Did he so, die? He probably died. So it's, realistically, is, it, is this a, like uh, one of those addition additional folklore type things where no, th- he could have actually died and survived or survived? It just not really known. One of one of the main sources I used for my research was from the uh, the Hoosick Tunnel Museum website. They so much information. I used that one and another one. I can't remember the name of it, but. And there was a third one that I looked into and like two of the three said that he died. The one from the museum said that he passed out. So, I mean, okay. Oh, I would believe the museum then. Right. But who knows? So with the pump station out of commission, the 540 foot deep shaft begins to fill with water. Miners are working day in day out like 24 hours a day trying to clear some of the debris and hoping that they can get down there and maybe save some of these guys that might, that are trapped when they reached the bottom of the rock heap, they found something that none of them ever expected to see. They find a homemade raft that these guys had built. Some of them are still clinging to it. Some of them are, are drowned. All the ones that hadn't drowned had died from naphtha gas poisoning. So naphtha is a, yeah. a, a natural gas. It's kind of like propane, but a little bit less yeah. stable, I guess. Again, I'm not a geologist. I'm not a fucking gas doctor. I have gas, but that's all I know. In 1872, Dr. Clifford Owens would take a tour of the tunnel with drilling superintendent James McKinstry, and he wrote about his experience. Wait, hold on, before you go any further. Yeah. So how many survived? Nobody that nobody that went into that tunnel into that shaft lived. Okay, because I thought you said that they had survived. They oh, got on the tunnel. Some of them have drowned, but some of them had survived long enough to build a raft and get on top of it, and then they died oh, of oh, gas poisoning. Okay, okay. So that was my fault. I didn't word it well, but I'm, I'm sorry. I, I I just was like uh, once again listening so intently that I didn't actually hear that portion because well, I was still trying to wrap my. I was when you moved on. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the whole. Okay, so 
these guys went in. They had the poisonings because you said that. I thought you said that some of them had died from that. Yes. Um, but okay, but some so had actually also them, drowned. Yeah. All right. So, all, so all thirteen. Yep. Dead. So yes. we're now. So okay. So now we're up to sixteen guys. I'm not going to cover all the deaths because we don't have time. Okay. So back to. So I'm just going to cover the ones that that have like hauntings linked to them. Okay. So, so the um, on the night of. Okay. So this is this is uh, Doctor Owens, uh, Doctor Clifford Owens. This is his what he wrote about from his experience. On the night of June 25th, 1872, James McKinstry and I entered the Great Excavation at precisely 11.30 p.m. We had traveled about two full miles into the shaft when we finally halted to rest. Again, walking two miles into the shaft. So you're walking halfway in. Mm-hmm. So I think you're probably doing that because so you're not getting um, light or sound pollution from either end. Yeah. Because at that point in time, you're not going to be able to see the no. exit. You can't see the entrance behind you. Except for the dim, smoky light cast by our lamps, the place was as cold and dark as a tomb, which it fucking was. James and I stood there talking for a minute or two, and were just about to turn back when suddenly I heard a strange, mournful sound. It was just as if someone or something was suffering great pain. The next thing I saw was a dim light coming along the tunnel from a westerly westerly direction. At first, I believed it was probably a workman with a lantern. Yet, as the light grew closer... It took on a strange blue color and appeared to change shape almost into the form of a human being without a head. The light seemed to be floating about a foot or two above the tunnel floor. In the next instant, it felt like the temperature had suddenly dropped. In the next instant, it felt as if the tunnel had suddenly dropped and a cold, icy chill ran up and down my spine. The headless form came so close that I could have reached out and touched it, but I was too terrified to move. I don't fucking blame you. I and <coughs> I can't say that I can't downplay this because you know some some of these you know encounters like ghost stuff you can say okay well maybe it was a play of this or a play of that or um they had heard stories right and everything but this is a physician yep I'm getting that in the tunnel. And he, they're knowing anatomy and stuff, knows. Yeah, and, and you don't often see a ball of light take the shape of a human being without a head right in front of you. Yeah. So he continues, For what seemed like an eternity, McKinstry and I just stood there, gaping at the headless thing like two wooden Indians. The blue light remained motionless for a few seconds, as if it were actually looking us over, then floated off towards the east end of the tunnel and vanished into thin air. So it completely passed them. It was traveling west to east. They completely passed them. Uh-huh. And they're just like, you've got to go back that way. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to follow a ghost out of the tunnel without pooping yourself. Good luck. <laughs> you know, like, uh... And again, he continues, I'm above all a realist, nor am I prone to repeating gossip and wild tales that defy a reasonable expla- explanation. However, in all truth, I cannot deny what James McKinstry and I witnessed with our own eyes. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's that's going to be some freaking. I don't know if we'd say scary, but. Very unusual and like, it's unsettling. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't know 
at that at that time you you know you don't have a lot of as far as I know a lot of uh, paranormal research and stuff like that. Oh, you, you yeah, probably you do have like the the people like the Eddies and you the know, Fox that, sisters, and, but that kind of say they but are in tune. But with. that wasn't research. That was just like honestly, a lot of those people were just trying to make a buck. The ones that yeah. live in Chitton and just up the road from us were not. A lot of them were just trying to make a buck. You didn't, well, they, they sometimes they think that the Eddies were right. trying to make a buck. But you didn't have people going into haunted places with equipment trying to figure out what the hell's going on. True. This was probably a doctor who was like, you guys are fucking crazy. I'll go look into it myself. I'm a doctor. People will believe me when I tell them you're crazy. Then he comes out and goes... Fucking ghost. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, and then how, how can they be like, you know, well, Doc, you know, Doc's can't be crazy because, well, why would Doc lie about that? And if I call him crazy, he's not going to give me my laudanum. Exactly. <laughs> so on October 16th, 1874, Frank Webster, a local hunter, vanished. Three days later, a search party found him stumbling around uh, along the banks of the Deerfield River in a state of complete shock. Webster said that strange voices had ordered him to walk into the tunnel. And once inside, he saw ghostly figures just kind of walking around. Suddenly, something seized his rifle from his hands and beat him over the head with it. When the searchers found the hunter, he had no weapon with him and couldn't recall leaving the tunnel. So this almost sounds like the big bull tunnel, kind of like... It's strange, got some similarities. Yeah, kind of like some strange instances like that they don't really tie to the people dead that died in the tunnel, mm-hmm. but more to... Like people in the area. Yeah, like, was this actually... they Were they actually built on Indian burial grounds? You know, are you really... Did they mess with some voodoo shit? You know? Who knows? I mean... Kind of strange. And I mean... Not to go down this road, because it probably doesn't make sense to at this point, but Virginia, West Virginia area like that, Western Massachusetts, all kind of have like history of Bigfoot sightings there. But like I said, probably doesn't make sense for at least for yours. For this one, maybe for this dude that just got his head caved in with his rifle. But who knows? Just go in there. Just to get some woo going, you know? Okay, okay. <laughs> because Bigfoot can also, like, phase in and out, and he's a quadruple dimensional creature, and it's not actually a physical animal. All right. Yada, yada. The Earth's flat. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> During the same year, with tunnel headings completed, workmen removed rubble, complete, uh, completed the grading, and laid track. On February 9th, 1875, the first train went through the tunnel. It pulled 125 people on three flat cars and a boxcar. At this point in time, the end of the tunnel cl- caved in and killed all of them. I made that part up. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, um, holy fuck. So the town of North Adams became the western gateway to much of New England. In the fall of 1875, Harlan Mulvaney, which is an awesome name, who was a... <laughs> Last, I'm sorry. The last, I just the last name sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, Mulvaney. It sounds like Mulcahy, which we've got like 400 of them up here. Yeah, no, just the Mulvaney, like that. 
that name sounds familiar to me. I'm sorry. It's no, no worries. Weird. So he was a fire tender, um, and he was driving a a fire tender. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking maybe like a, like a fireman on a train, like feeding the engine. You know. Okay. Okay. I, that, I didn't look into that part, but that's what I would think. Um, so he was driving a wagon load of firewood into the tunnel late one night. Suddenly, Mulvaney turned his team around, whipped the horses across their flanks, and careened out of the tunnel. A couple days later, workmen found the horse team and wagon in woods three miles from the tunnel. Harlan Mulvaney was never seen or heard from again. Huh. So that dude just came up missing. Who knows if... It's probably more likely that he saw something crazy and was like, nope, 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 and just took off and never came back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Because this is a time where you could move three towns over, change your name, and have a completely different life. Nobody who knew who, who you were. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, this is also start of the the uh, Industrial Revolution. Right. Well, yeah, especially in that area because there's a lot of um, – a lot of uh, factories and and atoms and yeah, and like textile factories and stuff like that. Springfield and all that good stuff. Joseph Impoco, who was the starting shortstop for the Pawtucket Paw Sox. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, the baby socks, baby bees, huh? Nice. No, that's the Providence Bruins, dude. They're the baby bees. Oh, you're getting your sports mixed up, dummy. Damn it. They're AHL. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you know, hockey, baseball, they're pretty interchangeable. Whatever. They it's both Boston. have sticks. They're both on ice. <laughs> you hit a you hit a thing with yeah. a thing. Score touchdowns. Exactly. Uh anyway. God. So Joseph Impoco, who was a former employee of the Boston and Maine Railroad, believed that's a pretty cool name, right? I know. I'm sorry. So he believes that there may have been some truth to this to the legends. Uh, he went to work for the railroad at the age of 18 and claimed that the tunnel ghosts saved his life twice. <laughs> wow, they must have liked him. In an interview that appeared in the Berkshire Sam- Sampler, October 30th, 1977, Mpoko told reporter Elaine Cooperschmidt that he was chipping ice from the tracks one day and he heard a voice say, run, Joe, run. If somebody, if you hear a fucking disembodied voice saying, run, insert your name, run, you, you run like. <laughs> yeah. So. Or, or could it have been a, um, I hate to be that guy, but could it have been a residual haunting? Like he just heard a, heard a voice because, because uh, I Joe say is this, a common name. Well, no, I, I'm just saying this because of the. Um, the accident with the, the guys going down the shaft, and before it had flooded, maybe they were somebody had said got had got hurt and was told you know hey run, well, and e- they just didn't make it. Either way, either way, you it, know, it saved you, his life. You take it and go okay, fuck this, I'm gonna run. Yeah. So he says, I turned and sure enough, the number sixty was coming right at me. Boy, did I jump back fast. When I looked, there was no one there. Wow. So somebody says, run, Joe, run. There's nobody in there with him. Almost gets hit by a train. And there's he, still nobody in there after the train passes. He would have been a. a he would have been a smear. Let's yeah. be realistic. Like they would have they would have cleaned him off there with paper towels and like water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. 
And Poco said that he heard the voice before he heard the train. Okay. He added that he had seen a guy with a torch pass by and wave, but paid no attention to him. The voice that had come from somewhere saved his life, obviously, like we just said. Six weeks later, Joe was using an iron crowbar to free uh, freight cars stuck on icy tracks. So I'm guessing you're trying to get like under the wheel a little bit and try to pop them free to break the ice or whatever. Or, or breaking the ice because yeah. you have to just try to get them so they can actually move. Right. So he's doing that and someone yells, Joe, Joe, drop it, Joe. He dropped the bar and it was instantly struck and smashed against the tunnel wall by 11,000 volts of electricity from a short circuit, uh, short circuited overhead power line. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So again, somebody's like, dude, 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 stop. Let go of it and fucking. Ooh. At that point in time, I think I'm going to not work for the railroad no more. <laughs> Fuck that, or not work in that tunnel. I don't know. I'm going to go get myself a nice, safe office job. Exactly. <laughs> Screw this tunnel. I'm going home. So later, while removing trees from the tunnel entrance, Impoco was nearly crushed when an, enormous, when an enormous oak fell in his direction. He outran the falling tree, all the while hearing a strange, unearthly laugh. He was certain it had come from one of the crew members. So essentially, the, he was trying to be saved in in the tunnel, but outside the tunnel, one of these ghost dickheads is like, "Pa tree." Yeah, they're like, "Yeah, you got saved those two other times, asshole." Yeah, not this time. Got your number now, buddy. Yep. So I mean, being or were they trying to force him outside? I don't know. But Joseph and Poco, being a very smart man, quit his job with the railroad and moved away. <laughs> I would have quit it after the. Second one. Yeah, yeah, probably. I probably would have quit after the first and be like, nope, nope. Yeah. What, what would you rather do, get hit by a train or 11,000 volts of electricity? I think you can survive the electricity. Well, at that time, it's... Uh, it's 1977. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's going to hurt. That doesn't matter. It's still going to hurt. You might have your dead. Yeah. Um, but every year after like, so after all of this stuff happened every year, he would return and visit the tunnel and pay respect to the ghost who had saved his life. Mm. He was certain that if he didn't go, something bad would happen. So in 1977, he stayed home. His wife got ill because she wanted, and she wanted him to stay there with her. She actually died in October of that year. So if he had gone, would she maybe have gotten better? Or was she that ill that she was going to die either way? Hard telling, not knowing. Right. So in 1976, a parapsychologist from uh, Agua, Massachusetts, visited the tunnel and claimed to see the figure of a man wearing old-fashioned work clothes. The man appeared within a glowing white light. Could it have been the, quote, apparition that Owens and McKinstry had seen 104 years earlier? The headless thing? Who knows? So, as tempted as people may be, like you said, to, I want to go see some ghosts and walk into this tunnel, you probably shouldn't because it's still active and they do run about a dozen or so trains through there a day. Um, instead, you should probably go check out the, the actual tunnel museum in North Adams, Taking the history and 
pay respect to the nearly 200 men that died building this four, like four and a half mile long tunnel through the mountains. Yeah. So. That's a. And the thing is, this place is like four hours from us. We could go check this tunnel out. Oh, yeah. Like from the road. Obviously, we're not going in because I'm not stupid. Well, no. I don't fuck with trains. No. Who the hell does? I'll fuck with model trains all day, though. You're right. Give me some HO scale. Yeah. Damn. Let's do this. Skippy. So, you know, know, kind of thinking about all this kind of made me doing this research for this stuff kind of made me think of um, the Transcontinental Railroad mm -hmm. when that was built. And I mean, I know I guarantee a lot of people. Oh, yeah. A lot of people died doing that. I can put money on it. Yeah. But I mean, I I just kind of wonder if there really probably has to be sections of that. That are totally haunted. Yeah. Have to. I mean, that was just crazy because they built it so fast, you know, trying to race against, you know, west side versus east right. side. To, to get see it who's got the bigger dick. Yeah, just to see who could get to the center before. So some estimate, I, I just, I had to look it up when they were talking about it. Some estimates have it at somewhere around 2,000 people dying building the Transcontinental Railroad. Wow. That's crazy. I, I mean, it's like um, the Brooklyn Bridge. That was another one that killed, like, uh, I don't know if it was quite 100 people. Um, Empire State Building. I mean, there's a lot of guys that died doing that. Wow. The or fucking Great Wall of China. There was something, they said it was somewhere like 20,000 people died building that thing. And, and they, they would just dump them in a hole. Yeah. And fucking throw shit on top no, of them. No, they were buried in, in the, the wall. In the wall. Yeah. 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 Like if they were like working in a section and somebody died, they're Fuck just like, it. Whoosh, throw them, them over. <laughs> that's, that's some more mortar to it. Here yeah, you go. Right? That'll keep them fucking Mongolians out. Yeah. So and it did. So, I mean, as much as people really like to shit on. Stuff like OSHA. <laughs> you don't have 300 fucking people die building anything now. No, not really. Because, like, safety standards and all that. and Yeah, I mean, M-Shaw, because that's who would be running Railroads. this section yeah. right now. Yeah, they would, they kind of put strict rules down. Right. And, yeah. but, uh, I, this is, I, I gotta say, this was one of the, one of the cool topics that. This was uh, fun. Um, also. Weirdly enough, the second fucking episode we've done that revolved around trains. <laughs> I wasn't here for that first one. No, but that one was good. Like, that one was a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, as fun as it can be for having, like, a hundred some odd people die in a train accident. Well, but. we there's a strong possibility that we might have a third. Oh, we got, we got all kinds of trains coming up, dude. I got a book for trains that we're going to do. Well, I found one that uh, I was going to cover, but I decided not to. So, because I was like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, no. We, so, we, but I won't spoil it. No. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was awesome. I got to learn about a a tunnel that I've never heard of before. Right. In an, you know, in an area, you know, that's south of here. And I actually never knew about the. I didn't even know about Virginia your, until now. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, I didn't know about the, but your tunnel, the that. Honestly, the, the first time I heard anything about it was on a much better podcast than ours called Lore. 
Yeah. It was like the second episode that he did. It's so fucking good. Go listen. It like, seriously, it's like they're like 40 minute long episodes. Yeah. Go listen to it. It's good. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot. I mean, because you hit two like really good topics here. You got history and you got ghosts. Uh-huh. It's like all we're missing now is like whiskey. Would have been even better. True. You know, but. um, Very, very true. And I mean, considering we didn't know what the hell we were going to do an episode on until like last Sunday. Pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> like so it came together quick and it was good. I liked it. I, I liked the research for it because it just it just seemed like I couldn't get enough. I kept trying to find more and more and more and more and more about it. You know, I just couldn't find any more. Right. I, it was like, come you kinda, on. You kind of hit that wall and you're like, fuck. Yeah, just a little what bit What are we doing next time? Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was just like, oh. But then I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Ooh, that's a good topic. Oh, wait, that's a good topic. Wait, hold on. That's got nothing to do with this. But still, it kind of, you know, for me, it fed that uh, that need for you know, history. And yeah. Kind of hit that spot. Yeah, and let us know what you guys thought about it. You you want less trains? You want more trains? <laughs> <laughs> you want more history, less history? <laughs> I'm telling you, the first message I get on Facebook, it's like, no more fucking train episodes. You can be like, listen, it's going to happen. <laughs> I want train history. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Jeez. I'll have to go back to, like, coal-powered. Then we'll work right up to bullet trains, because bullet trains are fucking dumb. Actually, they're kind of cool. They're like... Like 170 miles an hour. We don't have one. No, we don't. The Chineses do, though. The Japanese do. The Japaneses do. Yep. But they all. The fucking British have got one that goes under the goddamn ocean, like to France. Yeah, under the tunnel. That's pretty intense. Uh, Under the um, channel. Yeah. Yeah. But with that said, yeah. uh, If, like so many others, like I said before, you know, need a pair of headphones, earbuds. Go check out Studio and uh, see what they have. It's studio.com. When you're done checking out what they have and figure out, hey, this is exactly what I want, put those little buggers in your basket, go to the checkout, put in the promo code of DarkWindows15 to get 15% off your entire order. Yes. Also, darkwindowspod.threadless.com. Go get a train. We don't have trains on there, but we got T-shirts. That could happen, though. I don't know if we can do trains on there. I mean, we could do trains on a T-shirt. Mm. How about <laughs> we just do Haunted Tunnels? Can we do that, too? I don't know. I don't know if they sell tunnels there. I know they sell, they sell shirts. Mm. They sell T-shirts. They sell sweatshirts. They sell stickers. They sell mugs. Nice. Notebooks. I got my... Actually, it's the one I keep all my editing notes in. It's a fucking Dark Windows notebook. It's pretty excellent. I mean, it's your standard run-of-the-mill, like spiral notebook but it's got our shit on it so it makes and, it even better and if you happen to forget or just not be able to remember where you can you know where to go for this stuff just uh hit us up on facebook yep dark windows pod uh podcast we're the only one on there and you, you can email us, us at darkwindowspod.gmail.com you can also find us on instagram at darkwindowspod twitter at darkwindowspod uh, let's see. What else? Mm, I think that's it. I think, oh, is it? I think so. So yeah, uh, you'll find uh, 
you'll definitely find me on Facebook. I'm uh, Kevin H. I'm on there. Um, and he's Kevin C. I'm Kevin Carlton. Whatever. So, so if you write a write a review about us swearing, put the name to the voice so that we know which one of us is, is swearing too much. It's probably me because I use fuck like a comma on a regular basis. <laughs> and I don't care. We put an explicit thing on the thing. So we're going to swear. So, and if we put it there and then we don't swear, we're, we're liars. So we have to swear. Technically, it's in our contract that we need to swear during the episodes. So if you don't like it. Wait, hold on. Where is that? I'm not going any further with this. What? Go fuck yourself. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we will be back next week. Um, I've got an idea for something. I think it's going to be fun. And I hope everybody has Netflix because you're going to want to like watch a thing. <gasps> Are we going to Netflix and chill? You're not sucking my dick, dude. I was saying that. <laughs> no, no, watch Netflix and get your coins ready. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Oh, slot machines. Nice. Yeah, we're going to no, We're nice fucking thing. haunted slot machines, you dickhead. Oh, haunted slots. Uh, slots. Dumbass. Okay. Anyway. anyway, just because you can't stay out. No, wait. I can't you shut that. your fucking whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was doing it good. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you. Goodbye. Ooh, what are you, the fucking uh, micro-machines guy there? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. (laughs) Ta-ta. Bye-byes.